Hi, everybody. Welcome to Living in Control podcast. I'm Reza Abraham, the author of In Control, a systematic approach on taking complete control of your life and career, and also a co-founder of In Control Group, an organization with a mission to help people become in control of every aspect of their life. We imagine a world in where most people are in control of their life and career, a conscious life accompanied by conversion, contentment, and consistency. So in today's podcast, we are going to talk about, uh, again, one of the most important pillar in living and in control life called condition, which is your ability to retain a healthy state of body, mind, emotion, and soul. So today we have a super special guest, one of the loveliest individual I have ever met in my entire life. He is the host of Rejuvenate Gene podcast focuses on developing the skills and behaviors that lead to enhanced physical, mental health throughout the lifespan. He's also the author of the same topic, Rejuvenating. It's an award-winning and a top-seller books. And he's at the age of 84, guys, 84. He works full-time and stays fit physically, emotionally, and intellectually, and socially. So let's welcome our lovely guest for today, a positive health psychologist and author, Dr. Ron Kaiser. Sir, thank you for being with us. Well, it's a real pleasure, Reza. Thank you for having me. It's really an awesome thing, you know, and uh, uh, we, we, we got to know each other like a, a couple of months ago, and it was really uh, very exciting to talk to you about like, you know, this whole concept of like rejuvenating as well. So would you like to start the conversation by explaining to us like what this word is for some of our audience who has never heard of the word before? What is rejuvenating? Okay, I suspect that much of your audience has never heard of it before because it's actually a term that I coined, but I've had trademarked and registered in the United States. And rejuvenating is the art and science of growing older with enthusiasm. Mm. In other words, I, my goal is to help people to not decline, not see old age as a time of decline, but rather to, in your terms, to take control of their lives so that there are certain specific things that they can do to make sure that they grow older with enthusiasm and equally important with good health, sound minds and being socially connected. I see. So what, what is the opposite of leading rejuvenating? Like what is, what is the, the why, why do you emphasize a lot on the word of like enthusiasm there? Well, because I think that the, the opposite and the alternative is there are two words that come to mind. One is passivity and the other is decline. I think that if you're not rejuvenating, if you're not moving forward, if you don't have goals, then in essence, you're allowing the course of events to control you. And, you know, as, as you'll see when you get to be my age, you do have to work around the fact that you're not as, you can't, run as fast as you used to, that uh, there are some things that you forget and so on. But there are a lot of things that you can do to make sure that you're as fit as possible. So that's why, you know, again, I, I think you're either rejuvenating or you're declining. 
Mm, rejuvenating or declining. So that is how you put these two, uh, the opposite. So what are the, what are the common, uh, like, you know, the, the I, I know in the books you talk about like a several of principles that they are very, very important in order to build that rejuvenation. Uh, I, I don't know whether it's, how, how do you make it as a, as a noun, <laughs> right? <Is it> the, <laughs> so how, what, what are the key principles, if you want to share with us, like that it makes someone to not decline? Sure. Well, there's a lot of science that demonstrates the fact that if you are moving forward in really three main areas, the health and fitness area, the intellectual functioning area, and the social connectedness area, that you're going to continue to make progress as long as you have goals and are moving forward. Now, I broke that down into seven keys to rejuvenating. Right. Uh, and the seven keys, it, and interrupt me at any point if something's not clear, but the, the first key is, is the mindset. Now, we, mindset is maybe an overused word at this point, but the fact is that you have to really start out with the belief that you can continue to grow throughout the lifespan, that you do have control over your life, what you put into your body, how you use your body, how you use your mind, how active you are, and so on. So the mindset is really the first step. Then the second, um, I don't know if it's second uh, in importance, but it's probably the one that a lot of my peers worry the most about, and that's uh, intellectual functioning. The mm. fear to kind of lose your mind if you don't, yeah. uh, you know, as you get older. And again, I think there are certainly some things that we know that you can do in terms of staying active, learning new things. And, you know, now with the internet, there's, it's, it's easy to, to do. Sure. Um, the, the th third, which, which I thought was uh, maybe the easiest, but my, my editor said not too many people would have problems with it. And that's healthy eating. Cause I oh, think. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Because I think that's something that you have uh, have control over that you, mm. you know, doesn't depend on somebody else uh, recognizing you or somebody else. Uh, if you're trying to interact socially, that's somebody else may be busy or whatever. Uh, how you choose to lead a, a healthy eating lifestyle is uh, is something you have total control over. I know a lot of people struggle with it. But yeah. I, can, I can cite myself as an example, um, you know, uh, during COVID-19, uh, early on, uh, just by being home more and being closer to the kitchen than I would be most of the day, <laughs> I found that I put on about three, three, maybe four pounds, depending when I, oh, wow. uh, you know, when I measured myself. So I decided, hey, that's, that's. Uh, that's an embarrassment. I, and I wasn't fat, but uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's not, you, in control. That, you know, you are, yeah. you're basically yeah. gaining weight. Yeah. 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 And it's not being in control. So I, you know, set certain goals for myself. There's certain things I only eat like in an area that's designed for eating. I'm not going to sit in front of the TV and have something in front of me that I can eat, uh, grab. I'm not going to, eat bigger lunches than I would if I were in the office and so on. And now I weigh about 
19 pounds less than I did hmm. at, at that time. Oh, wow. Who are still maintaining their, their COVID weight. So healthy eating, then the, so the three mindset, the intellectual functioning, uh, healthy eating. The fourth is what I call owning your body, which mm -hmm. exercise on a regular basis, but also includes things like meditation, sleep, just taking care of the physical parts of your body. Um, number five is uh, kind of social connectedness, that we are social beings. There's, again, there's science that demonstrate uh, that uh, we, well, a couple of things that are really important. One is the fact that we've kind of been able to thrive as a species by mm. interact and cooperate and things of this nature. And there are uh, uh, scientists who believe that uh, social involvement is just as uh, important, say, as uh, is a need, just like food, water, so on. And there's yeah. there, uh, MRI uh, studies showing that, you know, when you're lonely, the the part of the brain that lights up with physical pain also lights up with that kind of emotional pain. So that's the, the fifth one. The, the sixth is that it's not just important to be socially connected, but doing good for other people. Oh, is, yeah. It really enhances your growth, makes you feel better. And again, makes you feel more in control because you're doing something for somebody else who may not be able to do it if you couldn't, whether it's anything from mentoring to helping uh, drive somebody who's infirm or whatever, take somebody to doctor visits and so on. And then the final one is um, to appreciate the good things that surround us. Mm. I, Grateful. Uh, yeah. yeah, a friend of mine, Rick Hansen, who's a neuropsychologist in uh, in California, uh, coined the term taking in the good to actually mm. that it, you don't just go out and say, hey, it's a nice day, but to actually really appreciate that to not just, um, hey, that's that's nice that uh, my grandchildren, uh, you know, include me in their lives but to really you know recognize hey that not everybody gets this and uh you know i i really have to enjoy that and when we think in terms of taking in the good um it doesn't have to be really dramatic kinds of stuff you know if, if i'm going someplace and i get there on time if i drive someplace i get there on time and no cars hit me uh, i didn't get in any accidents um you know hey that, that's a pretty good thing you know um, so those are kind of the general principles of, of rejuvenating. You know what I love about uh, this, uh, the whole concept of rejuvenating. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, uh, I, I personally, before I met you for the first time, I have not uh, heard about the book. Yeah. But, you know, when, when, when I went through it and uh, I look at the principles that you mentioned, it is very, very close to uh, some of the principles that I was trying to build in in control as well. And I love the fact that you're in all the seven principles, something that you are constantly reminding people is that, hey, all these seven things, you are in full control of doing it. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. means that I mean uh, the only one that you know just now when you were going through it, and I was just like in my mind, I was like ticking, 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 mm-hmm. ticking. I think mindset is something that you know there is a lot of things that it's uh, sometimes we are you know the you know you know about this concept of Zoro circle, right? The circle of concern and circle of influence. Yeah, so there yeah. are certain things that we are not in control of it. Yeah, which kind of influence our mindset. Uh, it's it's a lot like you know uh, connected to our uh, reticular activating system. It's based on like what you receive on a day to day basis, and some of them basically is like you know it, which which you, you simply can't do anything about it. Yeah. So all we need to do, we just need to take responsibility for the things that we can control, and we don't use the rest as an apology for the things that I can't control. So I want to ask you now this question. So based on the seven principles that you just now mentioned. Which one of them do you think we are most vulnerable to get out of control? Well, I, I guess I can answer a couple of them. I, I, I think uh, in the older age ranges, mm. I think that uh, not staying socially connected is a potential problem because it's just easy to, particularly if somebody retires, it's easy to sit around, watch TV, uh, do nothing. And there again, there there really is science to indicate uh, loneliness. For example, oh, yeah. is there with uh, obesity, smoking, and a sedentary lifestyle in terms of being a killer? So I think that's that's a really important kind of thing. The other, I, I would go to the other end of the. Um, age range of the adult age range, I think it's uh, very easy to kind of slack off on keeping the body healthy. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people have what they consider to be good reasons for it that, hey, I am building my career, I'm raising my family stuff, I don't have time to exercise. Uh, you know, one of the few joys I get is to be able to eat and drink as much as I want or whatever. <laughs> so those are the, uh, what, what I consider the, the, the real danger points. I, of course, on an individual basis, anything. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, I, I would say uh, it's, uh, it's pretty much also goes back to our own upbringing of and uh, who we are, who we were when we were younger, when we were, for example, like, you know, I mean, if you ask me, uh, I would, I would compare myself when I was in my like, you know, 20s. Yeah. So maybe for you, you're looking at it like, you know, yeah, if I was exercising, for example, all the time, even when I was at my 40, 50, 60, 70, right? Well, the chances for me to exercise, even when I'm at my 80, is still there, right? But Mm -hmm. I I, I like the points that just now you mentioned that, so you mentioned two of them, that we could be the most vulnerable. One is the social life. The other one is taking care of the body. Uh, Do you think these two are like well-connected as well? Because like, you know, when you are not socializing with people, when you are not going out, right? Well, you might also thinking like, why do I need to take care of my body? Right. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think there must be some correlation between these two. Do you think so? Yeah, I think absolutely. I, I think uh, there's correlation in terms of the decline, because, again, it, uh, as you mentioned, I, I think and that's absolutely accurate. And it can become kind of a vicious cycle that, well, if I'm not 
uh, involved with others. I don't take care of my body, which limits my ability to be, uh, you know, seen as a fit person by other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and so on. So I think that, that that's uh, absolutely true. But I think that also just in terms of the correlation, um, there, there are a lot of activities that can meet both objectives. You know, in other words, I think they're, you know, going to a gym uh, can enable you to be in contact with others who may have similar interests, uh, getting involved with some kind of a, a team sport uh, that, you know, and I'm not talking about like a kid's team sport, mm. you know, uh, things like, uh, volleyball leagues, uh, bowling, things of this nature. There are things that you can do that can meet more than one of the principles. And uh, I think that, you know, the more that, that they interact, again, the, the science is pretty strong to indicate that if you're moving forward in the health and fitness area and in the intellectual functioning area and the social area, um, you're going to do it's not a hundred percent guaranteed because genetics do count as, as I'm sure, sure you know, but uh, you're going to do better than most people in, in general. And uh, mm -hmm. so I think combining the two is, is, a, is a real good idea. Very good. Uh, Dr. Ron, I want to ask you, uh, do, do you still set goal for yourself? Oh, sure. I, uh, I, uh, when I, teach courses and uh, for older adults, uh, one of the first things I start with is what is your 10 year plan? And no matter what age you are, uh, you know, you should have a 10 year plan. I, we then break it down to, I mean, we should have, a, a, you know, a one week, one month, one year and so on plan, but uh, we wanna be able to have goals that we're working toward. Uh, I developed this, uh, kind of offshoot of positive psychology that I call goal achieving psychology. And I think that people- Goal achieving psychology, okay. That's, yeah, that's another I, new term. <laughs> yeah, I call it, it's, it, the, the initials are GAP, G-A-P. So I say it's kind of the gap, it bridges the gap between thinking and doing. That if you have goals that bridges the gap between good ideas and actually implementing them. Uh, so yeah, I do think that it's, it's very important. I, think again, I mean, my age is not a secret. And mm. uh, while I may have outlived what my predicted age would be when I was born, the fact is that there are people now who are predicting that the average lifespan will be uh, around 100, that there will be people who will live beyond it. I, I don't know if you've heard, Reza, but there are a couple of uh, Jerry, geriatrician, uh, I guess, professors of geriatrics in uh, the United States who had made a bet uh, that they start that one of them said that the average, uh, not the, average, the that right now today, the first person who is going to live to be 150 uh, is what is is around probably not walking around but a baby. Uh, mm. And somebody bet with him uh, said not that that's an impossibility, but he doesn't think it's going to happen, you know, within the next 150 years. But the the lifespan will uh, 
with what we know medically and and so on that that lifespan will improve so um well uh, i i just want to make sure if by some fluke i'm the guy who's going to make it to 150 <laughs> i i, so I better have so i better will. have a 10 year goal uh no, that's a minimum yeah, that's very fascinating. That's very fascinating. You know, you know, you know, I, I personally, when I was in my early 20, I don't really believe in goal setting. You know, I, I never actually set any goals by the age mm -hmm. of like 20. So I got inspired for the first time. I was attending a seminar by Zig Ziglar. You know, this is a long time ago. So this is like a 20 years ago story. So I was attending this seminar by Zig Ziglar. And he mentioned about this story of this guy by the name of Howard Hill. I, I, I bet you should know uh, about Howard Hill because uh, he, he basically like, you know, uh, he was the best archer back in 1950, you know, and uh, there was this story that Zig Ziglar always used to tell us. And then he said, like, you know, he said that uh, Howard Hill was the best archer so he could hit a target from like a 50 meter away. And it was a big deal back in 1950, because back then, even the archer is said it wasn't as sophisticated as today. You know, today, maybe 50 meter is not a big deal. And then he said, like, you know, OK, so let's let's bring Howard Hill to our class and then put him there. And then so that's the target. Let's blindfold him, turn him around. You know, so, guys, do you think he can hit the target? So everybody obviously said. He can't hit the target. He said, why he can't? Because, because he can't see the target. He said, that's a great question. You, just now you say Howard Hill can't hit the target because he can't see the target. So how about you guys who don't even have a target? <laughs> and when he <laughs> said that, it was like a slap in my face, you know. I was, you know, I, I never actually believed in goal setting, frankly speaking. I, I thought like goal setting means a small setting. Why do you need to do that? Why do you need to write it down, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing, you know, because when I'm talking to the people, uh, you know, one of the things that I wish I knew a bit earlier was goal setting. But what's mm -hmm. fascinating me also talking to you is that you are still setting some goals for yourself at the age of 84, you know? And that is something that, you know, especially when I'm talking to some of the elder crowd, uh, that, uh, like, you know, for example, I have classes, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't uh, speak on at the age of like 70 or 80, you know, most of my participants, when I, when I talk in trainings or seminars, the age range is like about 40, 50, you know, and uh, they often say like, you know, well, you know what, I should have attended this training maybe 20 years ago. Now I'm already in my retirement age, but you are making a huge point here that, hey, even at the age of 84, you're still setting 10 years goal for yourself. And that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's really amazing. But what, uh, what, okay, so some of them, these are the questions I always get. They will say like, you know, but what for? You know, they say what for? And that's, that's like, sometimes I'm like, ah, how, to, how to answer this? What is your answer to this one? What right. for? Do you want me to answer for somebody your age or somebody my age? Because uh, your age, your age, definitely okay. your age. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at. We talked right at the beginning about what is the opposite of rejuvenating and mm, declining. Decline. So, if I'm going to spend the next ten years declining, and there's what if I, you know, live to be a hundred or more? Whatever it is, and uh, if I'm going to spend that time declining, uh, being taken care of, living in a facility or something like that, 
uh, that's just a long time to be doing that. You know, yeah. I, I think our role models, for example, were, uh, you know, from years ago when say somebody would retire at age 65 and maybe they might live another year or two or three. But the reality is that uh, somebody living who retires at 65 could live for, for several decades. And again, you know, what is, uh, if you're either going to be taken care of, you're going to um, just, you know, if, if you're not being taken care of, what kind of, you know, interesting life is it uh, to, not know what you're going to be doing the next day or the next week or stuff like that. I mean, you can, mm. you can make it work for a while, but at some point, uh, you know, I mean, even, even just in terms of, you know, how you're going to stay healthy, unless you're a part of your uh, plan has something to do with uh, eating healthy with exercising and stuff like that. So again, the, the alternative is decline and, uh, and also, I think uh, that there have been very few uh, lessons that would make us want to repeat COVID. But I, I don't know how it is in, in your country, but certainly the uh, large number of uh, deaths due to COVID-19 in our country was uh, due to people who uh, had uh, serious health conditions, many of whom were uh, living in, in nursing homes, stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, uh, in the real world, you're a lot better off having goals, being healthy, uh, increasing the odds that you're going to be functioning for however long you want to function. Mm. Uh, there is... Uh, what, do you, what do you tell to those people? What do you tell to those people? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I personally thought about this too. It's like... I was asking myself, I know if I can just live like up to 70, I'm already good. <laughs> you know, I, I never envisioned like, you know, living a, a very, very long life. And, uh, you know, when was the first time I came to that, that idea? Uh, I read this book called Ikigai. I, I don't know whether you have heard about Ikigai before, the secret recipe of living a very long life, you know, which they talk about like, you know, centenarian, the people who live more than 100 years, yeah. And, uh, but one, one questions that I, even when I was going through the book up is like, and this is, this is something that I, frankly speaking, I got these questions from some people as well. Like, why do you want to even live long? What, what do you answer to such, such a person? Well, first of all, you can't predict, you know. You're not in control of your, your age, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the control of things that you can, you can't predict. But I just think um, I, I've spent a lot of time working with medical patients. That's uh, really been kind of the primary part of my career, headaches and other pain patients. Um, and the big concern with what happens with them is quality of life. Mm, yeah. Not having that quality of life. So the reality is that, uh, again, I, I don't know, you know, again, you can try and do all the, the right things and I don't know whether I'll live another day or another decade or another several decades, but I would hope that I can have the best quality of life that I can have for as long as I, 
with because again, I just, it's, you know, you don't uh, tell a, a kid who's starting school, you know, that uh, one of the things you can kind of look forward to is declining. You don't tell mm. somebody starting a job that, you know, ultimately you're going to decline. You know, so, I mean, I think it's not natural to even want to decline. Did you used to get, uh, when he was alive, when Charles Schultz was alive, did you used to get the cartoon Peanuts in your... Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we also have so, it, yeah. So I don't know if, you, uh, if you've if you seen it. There is a, a famous cartoon that, that I've actually uh, quoted a few times, and I think that... I. Think maybe Schroeder. I'll get my characters mixed up. I think. <laughs> Go ahead. One of them, but one of them says, "You know, one day we're all going to die." Uh, yeah, I think he's talking to Snoopy. He says, "One one of these days, Snoopy, we're all going to die." And Snoopy says, "That's true, but every other day we won't." So if we <laughs> every other day we're not going to prepare for death, but try and increase our quality of life. That's that's why it's important to set goals. Yeah. So uh, the, the one point is basically that just now you mentioned is about improving the quality of your life. That is very important. And uh, I mean, that that's very subjective as well, because different people might define quality of life very differently. But I personally, yes, I, I, I would I wouldn't say like quality of life. It is something only about uh, earning more money or, you know, uh, you are better in a financial situation. But it's also, you know, in terms of like your convenience, in terms of your health, in terms of your well-being, socials. But I also want to add on one more point here based on some of the seven principles that you mentioned. I think one of the best way for to, to give the answer to someone who is uh, thinking like, you know, why do I need to live even young, uh, longer is one of the principles that you mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, it was your last principle. It's about helping other people, you know? So uh, th this is again, something that I, I learned it for the first time from Zig Ziglar. He said, you will get everything you want in your life when you help more people to get what they want, right? Mm -hmm. So life at some point, it's not about you anymore, you know? It's, uh, it's about like what kind of impact you're making in other people's life. And that is very important. Like, how do you want to be remembered? You know, mm -hmm. how do you want to be remembered? Like the, one of the things that I was having a discussion with my wife the other day, I said like, you know, if I die tomorrow, I'm actually good with it. You know, of course, it's not going to be easy for the family. But then the fact that, you know, for example, I published a book, it means that you left most of your thoughts behind, right? You know, so at least stuff that it was very important to me, I already put it down in all in one book, right? So mm -hmm. I feel that that's very important. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's about what do we do for this world? You know, I mean, John F. Kennedy also used to have like this very famous things like, you know, don't ask what the country can do for you. Ask what can you do for the country? Yeah, <laughs> so it's like doing something for the people also is a very important thing. Don't, don't you think so? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, uh, one, of, one of my mentors, uh, Risa Murgatroyd talks about the fact that you should have a selfish why and unselfish why that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I think there's another word, an altruistic why that, uh, you know, so that, that you, you really, that there's nothing wrong with having a selfish reason for, for doing what yeah. you do, but it's, 
certainly a higher level of satisfaction if in that process you're also doing things for for other people and really again like your book i mean uh, that that will set a tone for people you know no matter how long you live some of those principles of being in control are uh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. helpful to other people Correct, correct, correct. Yeah, so, um, okay, another question that I'm very curious to know, because uh, many of our audience also, they are very, uh, they're they are young right now. And uh, they want to know, for example, from someone who has uh, left, uh, uh, lived for 80 years. And, and frankly speaking, you know, when I'm looking at you, you are still super sharp, you know, touch wood, you're super sharp, you're in a good shape, uh, you have a sweet smile. Um, so what would you say to someone who is at the age of like 20 or 30, they want to know like, okay, so what are the things that it, it created a lot of like baggages for you, even by the age of 80, you still remember and you will say like, you know, I wish I would have not done that before, you know, like to give an example, like one of the things is like regrets that people actually carry for years, you know, they would say like, you know, I wish I have done this, you know, when I was in my 20, because now it's already too late. So what would you say to people who are at the age of like 20 or 30, that they don't say that too late later on? What, what would be your advice to them? I start with the statement that you are exactly where you should be now. I'm exactly, exactly where I should be now. Um, because I made the best decisions that I could with what I knew at that time. Uh, in retrospect, some of them are dumb decisions. If I had mm. made different decisions, I could have saved myself uh, lots of time in getting to where I wanted to get to. I could have had more money. I could have had, uh, you know, certain experiences that I probably won't. I mean, we we've traveled pretty well, but there are places we probably won't get to. Uh, there are some things just in, in the establishment of uh, my ideas. If I'd uh, you know, taken a few uh, risks in getting them out there earlier, uh, you know, that may have, I, I might be in an additional place, but you know, the reality is I think if we start out with the assumption, the recognition that we are exactly where we should be now then um you can look at the past experiences as things you can learn from but not get stuck in the regrets because the regrets is not going to help they're not productive they don't get yeah, you they're not productive yeah. and it takes a lot of like our emotional and mental energy right so uh but I, I want to press you a little bit more on this one because this is something that sure. we want to take it away yeah uh sure. is that if everything else in your life remain as it is, like exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, if there is one change you will make in your past, what would that be? I uh, guess- You can take your time, you can take your time. Yeah, yeah that's- <laughs> You don't need to rush question. It's a great question, it's a hard question. Uh, and I don't know if I can boil it down to one thing, but uh, <laughs> I, I think that I, uh, probably wish that I'd 
have been more of a risk taker earlier in in my life that I did follow, you know, a kind of career path that had me, uh, you know, as a salaried employee for for many years. Uh, there were some things where I could have, uh, you know, just started being more uh, aggressive in promoting myself. Mm. Uh, I'm when I say promoting myself, promoting my ideas, uh, promoting um, e even just socially, just the, the notion that uh, I think that uh, in in groups now, I'm much more assertive than I was then. So I, I think that uh, I think I am more of a risk taker than I was when I was younger. And I, wow. when I get together with, you know, people I graduated from high school with and so on, I see in some cases, it's been been the other way around where some of the people who are, you know, really, um, really achieved a lot very early, um, got a little complacent about it. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, again, I, I think it's hard to go against what what you're experiencing at that particular time. And again, there there are some things I would have done a little different career wise. There were some I would have made certain moves to go more into a private practice earlier uh, there. Uh, you know, again, I, I just think that that there were some things that I did more out of comfort and i think that's mm -hmm. i th think i saw for example my, my father worked pretty hard and long hours and stuff like that and i know when i first was looking for a career and job situations uh, my goal was to uh you know get off of work in the the middle of the afternoon and be free and I can't say I didn't enjoy that, uh, yeah. you know, things, but, but I think knowing what I did now there, um, there, there are a lot of people who worked uh, pretty hard at, at, at an earlier age who are, you know, have learned how to take it easy, uh, they, you know, so that, I don't know if I'm totally answering your question because I'm thinking, yeah. well, saying it but i just think that i probably would just it to sum it up i probably would have uh been a little less conservative and more risk-taking earlier on uh mm -hmm. yeah and that's and that's that's a that's i think that's a very important point and this is something that uh it took me a very long time to make a decision to make my own moves too and uh you know the whole uh, you know, when, when you're talking about like taking risk and all those stuff, and uh, I think I, the, how I, I, this is how I receive it, huh? right? So you, you can correct me if, you're, if I'm receiving it wrongly. Uh, but what I'm hearing is that uh, learning to take a step forward to be in control of your life and career. That's, that's how I receive it based on your side of the story. So meaning that taking some risk, basically you're just define it as uh, like, I wish I, I should have taken my life in my own hand faster than this. 
So I yeah. really wait longer to make that, that decision to write the book, you know, to go out and do my own branding. You don't mind if I ask you, when was the, uh, when was the age that uh, you decided to go for all this, uh, the concept of rejuvenating and going out and talking about it? When was, which age, what age was that? Uh, well, I think, first of all, well, it kind of evolved because, again, I was sure. yeah, definitely, definitely. With, with the headache field and so on. Um, and then when it got to when I actually got into the older age ranges, um, you know, there were some things that, that kind of combined to to make me think that a hey, this is the people are perceiving older folks and I, I got to go differently because um, I, I would like, for example, I would go for a, an annual physical or some kind of test, medical test that, that you get once in a while and mm. ask, um, what medications do you take? And uh, not are you taking any medications, but what medications do you take? And then people ask me, well, when did you retire? Um, and, you know, there, there were just some things about the way older people were perceived. And then I saw some of my peers are, are really fitting that stereotype that, that mm. were, uh, uh, you know, we're coming up with pre getting preventable diseases because of the way they, they live their lifestyle. And mm. remember, uh, uh, my my wife and I were out with another couple when one weekend and I believe it was was a Saturday night and she had asked uh, my wife had asked the the guy that we were with what'd you do today um, he said nothing I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow <laughs> and, you know and I would get you know people laughed and I would get angry about it uh, and <laughs> and I remember wasted the day <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, so I, I mean, I think both the way that other people were treating us and the way that uh, a lot of a lot of peers were, were behaving. So it really getting into the active aging range didn't really begin until I uh, uh, until I was there. I do remember going to a uh, uh, workshop in when when I was 72, because I remember there were two of us who were 72 at that time, and both of us were, were quite active. Uh, but I remember that was the time that I, that I said, hey, I got to get some things out into the world. And I did, mm -hmm. did an ebook called What Can Go Right, um, which is Thinking Person's Guide to Making Good Things Happen. And so once I got into the writing bug, then I was got a little more into instructing and then ultimately doing rejuvenating. Wow. So it means that, you know, you, you, you put out all, all these things was at the age of 70 and how you came to this realization was when you go around and you see people who are like, you know, in a similar age as you, but they have declined like way faster than you. Right. So that was yeah. the, 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 the turning point for you. All right. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's that's great. That's great, um, uh, Doctor Ron. It's it's really an honor to have you. I can I can I I simply can talk to you for the whole day. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just so nice to talk to you. Uh, it's like a lot to get out there. And uh, so yeah, so for all all our uh, audience, uh, where they can find you and your works. Okay, well, my website is called the Mental Health Gym, uh, and I'm also on social media. I think it's the Mental Health Gym on both Facebook uh, uh, and Instagram, and I think it's Mental Health Gym uh, at on Twitter. It's my name, Ron Kaiser, PhD on on LinkedIn. The book is available on Amazon. Uh, and uh, I guess in Barnes and Noble. Uh, and uh, I guess those are the easiest ways. I am, you know, really interested in hearing from other people. Uh, I do like to uh, encourage people along. And, you know, if people have questions, don't hesitate to write me at the Mental Health Gym. Uh, also, my podcast comes out once a week. It's called. Uh, Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. We always have really, uh, really good guests, including you, Reza. So, yes. uh, and uh, we're always, uh, we, it, it comes out, a new edition comes out every Tuesday. And wherever people listen to podcasts, they, they can find us. Sure. So thank you very much again for being with us. Guys, we hope this conversation has inspired you to know and learn more with us. Uh, so please tune in to our next podcast. And uh, we love to have you around. And as usual, I just give you all a reminder. I think Dr. Ron Kaiser also gave us a very good reminder of like to be in control of your life and career. And how you can do that when you love what you do, when you love who you do it with, when you love who you do it for, and when you love how you do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Dr. Ron Kaiser, for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much.